Okay, business owners, you are probably very familiar with the phrase or concept of scaling your business up. If you're not so sure what that is or what it looks like, basically scaling your business is the process of looking forward at where you want your business to be and taking the necessary steps to accomplish it. It's growing your business. Do you want to make six figures? Yes? Okay, well then what needs to happen to accomplish that goal? You'll likely devise how to increase sales, maybe grow into a larger workspace, hire employees, etc. We could make episode after episode about how to scale your business up, but today we're actually going to be talking about scaling down. Did you know that contrary to popular belief, your business does not always have to grow upwards? That's right. While we love talking about hustle, growth, and dreaming big over here, we think it's extremely important to dive into the concept of how to scale your business, whether that's up or down or something in between. Your business that you're running is completely unique to you. Yes. Okay. Honestly, I'm fired up for this. So let's just play the song and get into it. Woo! Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode. We think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. Okay, so scaling a business. Truthfully, this is still a concept I'm learning about and growing into. This may sound sort of surprising since I'm currently a small business owner and I aspire to own more businesses. I hate big business culture. Like, does that make sense? (laughs) I get it. I get it. I really do. Yeah, like I, so I used to think I wasn't very good at topics like scaling your business, you know, projecting your numbers, getting investors, like big business talk. Yeah. And there's topics I'll probably never enjoy. You cannot pay me to care about investors, investments, corporate (laughs) sales, stuff like that. It's like just not about it. But I've been thinking about scaling a lot this year. And I'm really, really excited to talk about that. It's not always scaling up, but actually pausing or sometimes scaling down because that's not usually the goal for business. But it should be sometimes, so. Yeah, because I think people have to realize sometimes scaling down in one area means you're scaling is so that you can scale up in another area. But anyways, absolutely. I really think this is something that applies to every single business owner out there, at least at one point. Grocery stores, tech companies, food service, photography, literally every entrepreneur out there has decided um, like every single day how they want to scale their business. They make decisions that apply to that. Yeah. Like we sort of covered in the intro, scaling your business is taking tangible and purposeful steps to push your business in a certain direction. Usually it's for growth and usually it's for the purpose of growing your income. Let's be real. Yeah. No one's trying to be busier for free. It's trying to grow your income or, or setting your own hours in the best way possible. Is your goal as an entrepreneur to only work 20 hour work weeks? That's a good goal. You'd probably be spending a few years scaling your business to be self-sufficient through investors, employees, et cetera. Right. You do a couple years of scaling for that goal of a 20-hour work week. Yeah. And sometimes scaling your business happens organically. Take photography. One day you're a one-person show running everything from shooting events to editing to your finances, everything. And after your first year, you may hire a bookkeeper to kind of focus on that, or you may hire an editor, or maybe you realize you're starting to get inquiries for the same date and you need to hire an associate. Um, Then you've assembled a solid team of second shooters. 
so you can book even more and offer even more packages and you hire a social media manager, the list goes on. And a couple of years down the road, you look nothing like you did a few years Mm -hmm. before. You've scaled your small photography business into a high volume professional team. And now you can provide your clients with a luxury service. Maybe you didn't plan for this, but it happened naturally. I listened to a handful of photography and entrepreneurship like podcasts and when I initially listened to episodes like how to know when to scale up your business or 10 ways to scale up your business, I truly didn't think that applied to me as a photo editor. Like Mm. what I do is pretty cut and dry and simple if you keep it simple because oh, was I so, so wrong. There's so Mm. much that I could be doing to grow my business if I wanted to and so much I'm kind of starting to do as of this year. When you start looking, you get out of your business what you put into it. It can yeah. stay wherever you want or it can go wherever you want, depending on how much you want to sew into it and sometimes how much money you want to throw back into it. Um, when you start looking at corporate businesses, such as big tech or big retail, scaling those kinds of businesses, I would guess, is a lot more structured and a lot less Wild West than so- like solar entrepreneurship can be. Like Apple. Do you think Apple's like, gee, I wonder where we want to go next year? They know. Like, you know, Apple, yeah, you know, sure. Jeff Bezos, do you think like he, he knows what things are going to look like next year. He knows how he wants to like scale, you know, it's, there's more of like a structure there, I guess, where being you yourself in your home office can be crazy. I love that more personally and like really deciding how you want to scale up, down or, or in between. I can't speak much for every single business, but I get so inspired by talking about how photographers, coffee shop owners, even hair, makeup artists, anybody can scale their businesses up or down. Because I think part of the freedom of being a small single entrepreneur is like you could just, there's so many directions you can go. Yeah, exactly. That's been my experience largely. Scaling up and down. I, I'm usually always trying to scale up for me. That's just how it's happened to work out for me. That's the direction I've just been going. But yeah, like I've just had to experiment over the years. Sometimes I'll try something and it hasn't worked out. Um, I've been through a couple different social media coordinators and they haven't always worked out. So I've had scaled up in that way, but then scaled back down. And um, mm. I'll sometimes see what other people are doing and I'll see if I can apply it to myself or do it in a certain way. So like you said, it in contrast to how like a big corporate company would do it or a restaurant or something maybe there's a lot of freedom and experimentation in Mm. something that's more entrepreneurial like this and I think having the grace to be able to push boundaries and be flexible and go either way is important because you also don't want to get yourself in trouble by scaling and going if I take this step and it doesn't work out I can't go back like no you can you can come back take a step back to the square behind you reorient yourself and go in a different direction. Maybe you try it again or maybe you go to the left or to the right or something different. Yeah. So that's kind of our crash course on scaling. I recommend checking out so many podcasts that also talk about it. My favorites are the Heart and Hustle podcast. That should be a secret. They're amazing. Uh, Make Your Break with Jai Long and Passion Filled Purpose with Nathan Chansky. These are all kind of photography and small entrepreneurship based podcasts that will talk about scaling more Probably better than than I can. It, incredibly <laughs> intelligent and successful people. So are yeah. we. But I'm just saying they also talk about scaling. So <laughs> yeah. if you're in that kind of zone, go check those out. But with that, the meat and the take for this episode is you do not always have to scale your business up. In fact, you can really hurt yourself if you try to scale up too quickly before you're ready. Absolutely. And we know it seems contradictory. 
as entrepreneurs to even consider that your business doesn't have to become like a big multi-million dollar business. It seems like every podcast or business speaker out there has all the tips for growing your business or making six, seven figures and how that's what makes you successful. Um, and if you know what, guess what? Success in your business is up to you. That's yep. just the end of it. Yep. I will scream this from the rooftops. Making six figures does not automat- automatically make you a successful person. It just doesn't. I've worked for a six-figure company before in the past, and not to seem dramatic, but I don't think I would consider that company successful. Sure, they were successful financially. They had customers. They had clients. Like, we'll probably continue to run for a very long time, so that might sound contradictory. And I could have been successful financially had I continued working there, but unfortunately, there were many factors behind the scenes that made me deem it an unsuccessful company to me. Um, poor employee care, poor work environment. And actually, one of the company's biggest downfalls, in my not so humble opinion, was trying to scale up too fast. I didn't know what this was at the time because I didn't know I was editing, but I just really didn't know much about business growing and growth and stuff like that. But that looking back, I think that was a huge fault going on there. In fact, out of the many jobs I've had, the ones where the owners are doing very, very well financially have been my least favorite companies to work for. And through that, I wouldn't consider Mm. them successful. That's so interesting. And it's hard because there are, you know, of course, everyone has their own definition of success. And for some people might purely just be money. Um, But in reality, success does include happiness, quality of life. And just it's it's just a more well-rounded than just money. And of course, there is the age old saying that money doesn't buy you happiness, stuff like that. But um, that's really interesting that you had that experience with a company that was like really big and then... Yeah. Well, and it it may be a hot take, but would I consider somebody like Jeff Bezos successful? Okay, like sure, one of the richest men in the world, but it's really unfortunate Mm -hmm. when you learn about what those employees, like what um, Amazon employees go through. Mm -hmm. It's like, sure, he's a successful individual, but I wouldn't call it a very, I guess it's touchy feely, but, and I use Amazon, so I'm not pretending like I don't, but I'm just saying I would find it more successful if there was good quality of life for the employees too, you know, like. Right. And we should clarify, we're not telling you that making money is bad because I know this could very quickly look like we're saying, oh, if you make a lot of money really fast, you are not successful. You must have been neglecting another part of your life. You must have been doing this. That's not what we're saying. Absolutely not. But just, yeah. So I hope that's clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into like money goals and uh, what those will be. But one other quick like story I wanted to tell about the company I did work for, I want to explain a bit more about like why I thought they were scaling up too quickly. Because part of it was for a brief bit there, it was me and the owner of this company working together. We were the only people who worked for this company. Right. Um, And I was pretty open about how the responsibilities I was taking on were new to me. Like I didn't have a lot of experience in it, but willing to grow, learn, all that good stuff. And I was getting trained by the owner and things would sometimes go well. But then something I heard a lot was the owner taking off saying, you know, I have meetings, I have to go. And I would quite Mm. literally be... Which is fair, like you, you know, you're busy. This person was incredibly talented at business, like to a level that I don't even, you know, want to be because it scares me. Incredibly, incredibly mm-hmm. talented entrepreneur and business owner. But I was sat down and t- told, quite literally, in this wording many times, I can't sit here and worry about you because I need to be going and growing the company. Jeez. And that, yeah, I didn't I mean, know much about business at the time. And I get that, you know, usually entrepreneurs aren't the most detail oriented. They have got these like big dreams that they want to go out and get. And generally the idea is to hire like others to pick up the other work. I was fine mm-hmm. with doing that, but something didn't sit right with me of your inward processes aren't done. Like I'm struggling 
in this position that probably should have three people on it. And other people did come and come and go. It was a little bit of a high turnover situation, but it was so interesting to me that it was, I can't worry about what's going on here because I need to go grow the company. It's like, well, why are you growing the company if if what's working right here right now isn't working? Right. Like that, it, what's here right that, now, you've got an employee that's struggling. You've got work that's too much for this like one employee. Product isn't going out well the way that you want it to. Like things aren't happening inward well enough. So why are you trying? And it was big ways to try to grow the company. It was big clients trying to be brought on. It was big investments trying to be made. Like it was big things to go grow the company that will guarantee its success. But why are we doing that if the small processes aren't working? Yes. I think that's, and that's the main point right there. Because I think some people can kind of panic when you say like, oh, they were trying to, you know, give responsibility and go off and do their own thing. Like, yeah, that's a good, that's that's fine. It's that they had not um, yet taken care of stuff before moving on that needed to be taken care of the in-house stuff before trying to expand. Yeah. Like it's all good to delegate and go hands off in a lot of areas of your business, but when it's an appropriate time, when it's a good time to, to scale. And, uh, yeah, I think those are just some of the dangers of trying to scale up too quickly. Yeah, exactly. So like you've been saying that scaling up too quickly can actually hurt you. It's a real thing. Um, Going back to my photography analogy, say you want to hire someone to edit your photos as a photographer. Um, You want to scale your business up, hire an editor, and book more shoots with time you save editing. Great. Great goal, right? That's very good. Um, Say you find the perfect editor, hire them. Boom. Everything's great. But you didn't change your prices to compensate and reflect that you elevated your business to include an editor. Now you you either can't pay your editor (laughs) or you don't profit very much from the shoot you do. And that they edit it. Uh, properly scaling your business means you take care of those things and you kind of take those things into account. Also, I would say you shouldn't get an editor until you make sure your editing style is pretty solid. You know, you don't want to just be experimenting mm-hmm. and kind of like be unsure. There's lots of things you want to take care of before you're just like, oh, I'm going to scale right away. I know eventually I need to do an editor, so I'm just going to hire everyone right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's not yeah. obviously that should go without saying, but you know, that's not how that works. So maybe you're not ready to hire an editor because you want to raise your you want to first raise your prices in order to accommodate that service. Raising your prices shifts your business in a new direction with potentially new clientele. And now maybe you're making what you wanted to make originally when you thought you had to book more shoots and turns out you didn't even need to hire an editor. You just needed to raise your prices. So it's all like you just have to kind of make sure stuff is taken care of because you don't know what direction it needs to go. And it'd be better to do stuff in the right order rather than kind of throwing things out there and then having to scale back or start over or lose money or panic. Yeah. Well, and like what you said, Beth, too, about how sometimes you may look at it as scaling down, but it's actually scaling up in another area. So say you, yeah, like yeah. you decide to not hire an editor and you might feel defeated, like, oh, this is backwards. But you raised your prices and now it turns out you don't even need that because you're making more of what you want to make without the extra work. And I love what you said earlier too about scaling your business organically. That's so good. For the first two years that I was editing, I focused on getting clients, just getting clients. And I was scaling that way. I wanted to build my client list. Um, So kind of a lot of growth, but it was like the same thing. Like I just needed to do like the same thing a couple times to get a good client list. For a lot of 2023, I decided to kick it up a notch and really round up my client list so much to where I can actually hire an associate editor. I'm still playing around with what that'll look like. It hasn't happened yet, but I waited a good while before that was a possibility. 
And I went through many a busy season where, oh, another set of hands would have been oh so good. It probably could have made past busy seasons a lot less stressful, but it didn't align with other goals I had for my business at the time. Uh, it wouldn't have lined with what I wanted to make. I wasn't ready to outsource in that way like I am now after another year of business. So it's just taking time and really thinking through the decisions you're going to be making. Well, yeah, exactly. And with that, sometimes you may come to a point where you have been scaling your business up and up and up. And then when a new year in business rolls around, you set some new goals for it and you realize that the best move for your business is actually to scale down. This could sometimes mean taking a pay cut but gaining more time away from your desk so maybe your quality of life is going up. It could also mean not pushing out so many products and deadlines because maybe you just feel like you're overworked. So there's so many ways that scaling down is a good thing. Yeah. Like I'll give an example that's actually not photography, but take coffee for instance. I say this because my dream is to own a coffee shop and roastery. Awesome. Yeah. A great way to find success in that field, especially like not just cafe owning, but um, coffee roasting is to get your product into as many places as possible. Other coffee shops, boutiques, gift shops, that's kind of small businesses. The big boy would be chain grocery stores like Safeway or for my Canadians, Sobeys. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's just the Canadian. <laughs> we also have Safeway, but then there's also Sobeys. Anyway, um, that would be a great way to scale your business mm-hmm. up, getting your product into big chain stores. But let's think of those implications. So you've got your little setup. Now you have to produce and package a certain amount of product, maybe a lot of product. Do you have the space to be able to do that, to be able to make and package that amount of product. Do you need to hire a roaster or packager to be able to meet that demand because you can't do it all yourself? Do you have the supply chain that you want to be supplying those stores, the green coffee coming in that you're roasting? Do you even have that set up? Do you even want to be doing that at all? Do you even want to be selling to big chain at all? Do you even want your business to be going in that way? I've worked in some places where they do not sell their product to big chains because They can't meet the demand of larger businesses and they don't want to meet the demand. They know it can shift their small business into a large direction that they don't want it to take. And that's okay, even if it means a pay cut, in my opinion. Beth, I know you said usually go for scaling and growing. And again, usually for growing income, I do too. But I also think it is really cool when businesses say like, I'm actually not going to go that direction because I'd lose other values in my business, even if it means a pay cut. And still looking to increase income in other ways. But anyway, I always, that's just really inspiring whenever I see that. Um, Cause you don't see that in big business a lot. Usually it's just, how can I be making the most at all times and how can I benefit the most? Yeah, exactly. But so in order to preserve what you love about your business, it might mean scaling down and making some sacrifices, but I just, I think it's important to, to talk about. I agree. I think that, um, that it is inspiring and also wise To be able to do both and not have any specific judgment towards one way or the other. Right. I think that scaling down means a bad thing. Um, Everything you just said was perfect. And yes, I think it all just boils down to what you want from your business, what your main priorities are. You get as much out of your business as you put into it. I think another great way to make a point with scaling, especially when talking about your income, is to decide – what you want to make and why. Do you want to make six figures? Okay, amazing. Why? Why do you want to do that? Yes. Is it because another photographer you know makes six figures? Or is it because that's the number of that society tells you is successful nowadays? 
Or is it because you have really done the math and calculated that that's the amount you need to meet your cost of living, quality of life, or that you have some big goals that you want that money for and you think you can handle that? Um, and you have a clear plan to have you make that mm-hmm. amount of money without it overwhelming you or crashing your your business? You would be so surprised by the number of entrepreneurs who jump into business ready to make their 100K, burn out, take a step back to consider what they really want. And, you know, that's just the reality for a lot of people. And ask yourself this, what's the minimum amount of money you want to make in order to cover yourself and your household? Let's say you need to make 40K to cover your base expenses. Please don't quote us on these numbers. This is just for the sake of examples, of course. Yeah, we're not, Um, I don't, I don't know everything. Okay. I just picked, we picked numbers, guys. They're just examples. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. And then say, exactly. Let's say you want to add on 50K for retirement or to buy a house one day add in a little more income for fun things like travel, whatever, and you decide that actually 80K, 80K would give you an amazing quality of life financially. Like that, that would be perfect, good goal. And amazing quality of life because that number allows you more time away from your computer and with family or friends. It's not like so big that you would have to throw your whole life at it. Some women out there take a pay cut from 90 to 100K down to 30 or 40 because they've decided to focus on motherhood or, you know, just their family and the home more than work. So scaling up or down is all up to you and it's based on what you want from your business. Yeah, absolutely. And that takes us perfectly into what I really wanted to pass along to all of you listening. Find your why. Like Beth said, if you want to make 100K, okay, why? Is that because, like she said, you've calculated out or because somebody else is making 100K and that sounds nice. What is your why? Now, this isn't actually a very original thought. (laughs) Most business podcasts out there will talk about your why, but I really wanted to put it in my own words today and make sure you guys got to hear it and that you guys just got to hear hear it from us too, that it's so important. What is the why behind your business? Go back to the basics. What gets you out of bed to do it? Why do you want to make a certain amount yearly for it? Why do you want to work 20 or 80 hours a week? Find your why and then plaster it freaking everywhere. Like for me, and your why changes all the time. Your why should change every year in business, maybe every month in business. Keep reflecting on why you're doing what you're doing and why you want to take it in a certain direction. For me, when I first started photo editing, my why was to make a little extra money. That was it. That's a good why. I'm saying like it was just a side hustle for me to make a little bit of money alongside a day job. All good. That is a perfectly good why. As I pursued it and grew my business, my why turned into actually helping photographers gain free time, especially time to spend with their children and families. I work for a lot of mothers and I realized I had such a soft spot when I heard that like, oh, I can go shoot. I can do the creative part that I love, but then I'm not locked away in my office editing. I can hang out with my kids. That was like, I'll actually not like favor, but I'll, I'll continue to seek out mothers who are, I mean, fathers too, but usually women are the ones who approach me, but like mothers, because I have such a soft spot. So that was a why, why I kept doing it. And I love when I'm working on a wedding shot by someone who's a mom or going to be a mom because it just, that gets me fired up. And that's what I really like. Now in 2024, that's still a big part of my why, but going into this year, talking about financial goals, I've decided I'm going to get super like open here. I've decided I want to try to make 40K this year. I still don't know what I made in 2023. So we'll see what that was and see. But I'm like 40K. Right. That's my why. And I'll also say I do work a day job like alongside or like a part-time job alongside editing. So like there's other numbers, but you know, for my business, that's what I want to do. Why do I want to make that? 
to help sustain my household, to bring an elevated experience to my photographers, to establish a reliable editing team that provides quality service to my photographers while maintaining adequate time with friends and family. That's my goal. That's why. And so it's totally good to have money goals. If you're like 1 million, baby, this is the year my company makes a million. Awesome. Why? Always have a why beyond just like, because that would be cool. Cause it would be super cool. But you, you know, when you're working 24 hours a day and you want to give it all up, your why should be right there for you to refer back to. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love how you laid that out and you made that very clear. That was perfect. I would say that I, one of the things that I love when Ayla was sharing that she, she knows other people talk about this, other podcasts talk about find your why, but she wanted to make sure that we talk about it today and that she shares her view on it. And I agree. I think that's so important because there's no shortcuts for this. And I think that's something I made the mistake on for a long time in my business. I was kind of like, oh, well, I can just do everything my own way. And that's true. But it's really important to listen to people who are wiser and more experienced than you. Mm. And I think knowing that other people – because I didn't want to find my why. Like I had a why, but I didn't really focus on it. And it was kind of just like, well, it doesn't really matter though. Like my why doesn't matter. But it does matter a lot more when you want to keep yourself organized and growing in a steady direction and when you have big decisions to make with your business. So yeah. anyways, um, my why for me, if people are interested, like for me, (laughs) my why started as – also, I, I always would say I always have a money why. Like I definitely mm-hmm. want to always be making money. I want to be – I want to have financial freedom. I want to um, make more money than my family made. Just, you know, I just yeah. – to me, I would like to be very financially free and I want to also provide financial freedom for other people as well. So that's always a why behind what I do. Yeah. It's so funny but, how um, entrepreneurs feel like they have to explain that they want to make money. It's like I don't want to do this for know. free just because I love what I do. Like, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well – and kind of with that, I want to continue to do what I love to do. Yes. So I want financial freedom, which leads to time freedom. And I want to be able to do what I love and have just freedom to like pursue ideas. I've always been such an idea person. Yeah. I, I have a thousand ideas. I have like ideas for inventions and for businesses and companies. And I want to be able to pursue them. And so just kind of have – I just want freedom. Like yeah. for me, this job and money is about freedom. Um And then along with that, a little side, like why for specifically photography, um, this was very much an influence when I first started was because, and Ayla and I talked about this in an earlier episode about self-confidence, I gained a lot of self-confidence through photos being taken of me and like just kind of seeing myself in a new light. And I've always been passionate about helping other people with that same thing. Mm -hmm. Like I love people being able to, one, it preserves memories. And I think that's endlessly precious. Being able to have photos of your loved ones, I think that's going to be important forever. It's something you can pass around for generations. And when you're gone, photos are going to be the only thing left of you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Left of you yourself. Like you may have your possessions here, but you, that's all that's left of you and what you used to look like. I told Chris just that to a couple weeks ago, I'll make him take pictures with me, just selfies, and he's never really about mm-hmm. it. And I told him, <laughs> I told him because I thought of you because you are so passionate about this. It is on your page about like that preservation of memory, yeah. but I wanted to take a picture with him and he was like huffing about it. And I was like, Chris, if you die tomorrow, uh, I only have like our wedding pictures and our engagement ones. I don't have oh any. <laughs> like I was like, I don't have any recent ones so of true. you. I'll remember what you looked like when we got married, but not right now, this day. I was yes. like, and he was like, geez, that's exactly. a nice thought to have. And I was like, listen, I so. I, you know, so anyway, I love that. That's well, yeah. and it's, yeah. And it's about preserving memories. If you're happy, I believe if you're happy, 
there's kind of a conflicting thing here, but I believe if you're happy in a moment, you should take a picture because later it can bring back that same joy. Don't have your phone out that whole time. You have to live in the moment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it brings back the joy of that. Love okay. That. Yeah. Sorry. So that's a big – all of that is a big why for me. Um, yeah. Anyways, but – all right, guys, finding and searching for your why for your business is beyond crucial. It's the catalyst for figuring out how you want to scale your business and if scaling your business up is the right thing for you or maybe why or maybe your why will push you to actually scale down and your why may change over time. Like Ayla said, this is why it's important to reflect on your businesses monthly, quarterly, yearly, and to continue to know why you decided to be an entrepreneur and why you decided to start your business. It also can help re rekindle that passion you have for what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like when the burnout inevitably comes, there's some times during busy season, I'm like, I do say like, why did I do this? Like, and when taxes yeah. come around, I'm like, I could have just been an employee. Oh, taxes. I could have just, my taxes could have just taken five minutes and that would have been it. Sometimes that's when your why comes in handy. Then you remember, oh, but I get to do this, this, and this. This part's not so bad. Oh, all of that actually got me so fired up. I love this stuff. I love small business. Like I said, I just love the creativity, the kind of wildness of it, and just like all the directions people can go. And like Beth here and you get so excited about just, I don't know, different ideas and stuff. I just, I love the freedom that small business has and love it. I want to hear everybody else's why. So listeners, hear me out. I think I can speak for Beth here too when I say we want to know your why too. I know yeah. we have got some entrepreneurs, small business owners, photographers on here. We know you're here um, and we know you're following our socials. So right now I want you to head to our mm -hmm. Instagram at Art of Intention Podcast, go to today's episode post and tell us your why in the comments for your business. Or if you're not a business owner yet or aspiring, what's your why every day for when you wake up? If you're a mother, what's your yeah. why that gets you through the day? Like, we just want to hear about it. Why do you do it? Why do you love it? Everything. We want to really chat with you guys about this one. Absolutely. And after that, you can leave us your five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and a review on why you love Art of Intention Podcast so much. Ooh. If you have something in your life you're passionate about and want to talk about it on the podcast with us, you can submit a guest request via email at artofintentionpodcast at gmail.com or submit a topic request as well the same way. And then you can check back next week for another episode because we'll be here every single week, every Tuesday. Love it. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.